0: The Tablet Show, episode 40, with guest Sean Wildermuth. Recorded live Friday, July
1: 6th, 2012. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts Carl
0: Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Sean Wildermuth, about the changes in Windows Phone. This episode of The Tablet Show
1: is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at T-E-L-E-R-I-K dot com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thanks very much. Welcome back to The Tablet Show. It's Carl, it's Richard. It's good. tablet O'Rama. tablet Orama What's up, man? You know what? It's sale-fest here. Sail fest time. It is that time of year, isn't it? And it's it coincides with op sale too, which is Operation Sale, which goes all around the world with the tall ships. Right. Yeah, they even come in over here. Yeah, it's very cool. The other side of the continent. The band is playing tomorrow on the pier. Nice. They expect uh nine hundred thousand people. Wow. Better bring a few CDs to sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, better know framework. Hit me. You better. You better know it. What do I want to know? Well, I went spelunking today, Nice, and I found a media transcoder in WinRT. Oh, really? Yep. I had no idea. You know what transcoding does? It basically converts one form of video or audio to another form. Right. Yeah. Hence the name transcoding. That's right. So when you convert an AVI to a WMV or a wave to an MP3, you're transcoding. So they have these in Windows.media transcoding. Of particular note is the media transcoder class. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, things like add audio effect, where you can add effects. Oh, nice. And also um, check out the video encoding properties dot subtype. So that would be Windows.media.media video encoding properties. And you can get like H264, MPEG2, WMV3, and WVC1, which is a, a Simpty 421M codec or a VC1 codec. Oh man. Do we need this many different codecs? I don't know, but you know, it's good to have options. I like that it's all built into WinRT. That's pretty cool. As for audio, you get AAC, AC3, which is the Dolby digital audio that has 5.1 surround. Yep. MP3, MPEG. PCM, WMA8, and WMA9. Hmm. And it's all there. Where do I find this wonder? You can find it at tinyurl.com slash winrttranscode. Beautiful. Knock yourself out. Go nuts. Go nuts. There's a namespace for you. That's right. You may not know it, but there is a namespace for you.
0: Who's talking to us, Richard? I grabbed a comment off the site, even though the comments are a little mangled. And this one is from George Begaro, who says, uh, Guys, love both .NET Rocks and The Tablet Show very much, and I really enjoyed Laurent's talk, and that's uh, show 37 we did at NDC. It was very fascinating, and I wanted to comment on the discussion in the pre-show about our next desktop. And I don't know if you remember, Carl, but we went off on a tear with Laurent at the beginning of that show.
1: Yeah, well, we've been thinking a lot about what the new desk is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. So George says, uh, I agree
0: that there'll be a lot of touchable screens around us, especially a small one on your left opposite the mouse, but I don't agree with your prediction that we won't need a mouse anymore, not unless we get haptic feedback on touch screens. While I can position with the mouse without looking, a touch device, I can't do that, and I can position much more precisely. Now, I don't think I agree with you. There is no haptic feedback from a mouse. Yet. I guess clicking the button is sort of feedback, but taps are taps, Right. Uh, I I just don't see much difference between a mouse and a touchpad in that particular position. But he's not done yet. He goes on to say, uh, the same problem arises with virtual keyboards. I am not able to do 10-finger typing without haptic feedback, as I'm not able to determine the bass position without looking. It's absolutely true. I'm no guitarist, but I assume it would be difficult if you could not feel the strings as well. Hmm. I'm not a guitarist either, but I'm going to guess that's probably true. What do you think, Carl? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not. I'm hoping we'll see the kind of haptic feedback on touch devices soon, but unfortunately anything above vibrations will compete with the scratch-resistant surfaces. But scratch-resistant surfaces are only important if it's also a screen. So I don't know if that's that big a deal. I like
1: the idea of haptic feedback, and I get used to it from my Nokia Lumia 900 um, I just like a little buzz, you know, just a little vibration when I touch a button or something like that. I kind of like it, you know, it yeah. lets me know that I did hit the button. That you actually hit the button and that that's what it's all about, isn't it? And it's also really good for, you know, people uh, who have uh, disabilities with vision. And the main
0: feedback that you want from uh, a touch pad that replaces your mouse goes in that sort of right-hand location if you're right-handed or left hand location if you're left-handed is... The what you see on the screen, that you can see the little hovering dot that represents your finger. Yeah. Right. Which is, you know, basically re representing the concept of the mouse. I think it's as much feedback as you need. It's that visual feedback. Right. I don't know that you need any haptic feedback from a mouse. So, that any of that actually
1: matters. Well, you kind of get haptic feedback when you click the button, just the yeah. sort of natural haptic feedback. But is that valuable? Well, when you click a button, sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. I
1: because mean, you can see it visually. As well, right? I mean, that's
0: the whole thing about the feed, the visual feedback of a, of a clicking on a button is the button gives the
1: appearance of moving, reacting to your click. Well, I'm thinking. I don't mean to take up the whole conversation here, but I'm thinking of using. You know, remember the the whole uh, keyboard that has all the little icons on it and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm talking about using a touch screen as a keyboard and mouse, not the screen that I'm looking at necessarily. So you have one that is in the same place your keyboard is that you can use to move around on the big screen. Right. So when you touch things, you do want to feel it because you're not looking down. No, I don't want to have to look down. I want yeah. to look at the screen. So what if all the feedback's on the screen? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think he brings up a good point, though. I, I would kind of like to see that work, uh, and, and it could help. It could help. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm wrestling with it, but it's not going to stop me from sending
0: George a mug. So, George, a uh, Tablet Show mug is on its way to you, and if you'd like a mug, you can write a comment on the site at thetabletshow.com or send
1: us an email, dotnetrocks at franklins.net. And that brings us to our guest, Mr. Sean Wildermuth. Sean is a nine-time Microsoft MVP for data and is involved with Microsoft as a data insider and ASP.NET insider. He's also the author of seven books and dozens of articles on software development. He is one of the Wilder Minds, which you can find at wilderminds.com, or at his blog at wildermuth.com, W-I-L-D-E-R-M-U-T-H. Welcome, Sean.
2: Hey, guys. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? Really well, really well. I would love to talk about this haptic feedback thing.
0: All right. Go for it. Jump in, man.
2: So, about 10 years ago, I bought a Logitech mouse that had haptic feedback. I'm the guy that bought one of these. Yeah, the Actually, one guy. Right. You're the only <laughs> one, apparently. Evidently. Is it called the Wilder mouse? It is, in fact. In fact. Yeah, that's very clever. Thank um, you. <laughs> and what I found interesting wasn't the touch. It was the crossing of boundaries because you could feel it as it crossed the edge of windows It's oh. across the edge of controls so that you could feel as you're moving across the screen, not just pressing things, which which, you know, obviously when you're pressing something, it's not as important the haptic feedback uh, in a mouse. But the whole being able to sort of feel the screen very subtly, uh, I, I really uh, I really, you know, got a lot of feedback with. And the other problem you guys have, I think, in this whole, you know, haptic feedback when you touch things because you can see it is. Remember that the mouse cursor and the finger are completely different. The reason you need haptic feedback on phones or even tablets is because often your finger is occluding the thing you're tapping on. Right. This
0: is where I think the conversation got a little confused is I don't want to touch the screen. I want a touch surface that uh, is my keyboard and my pointing system and, and so forth, but it doesn't need to be a screen as well.
2: I agree. Well, that's why I think haptic feedback for pressing I I would agree with uh, you Richard,
0: but you're going to be able to see where your finger would is being represented up on the screen, so you don't have that occlusion problem.
2: Correct. Except uh, the only haptic feedback I would have is when touching the the home row as the uh, as the commenter mentioned because I think yeah. that is, you know, that's crucial. Now there has been a patent filed in the past few months
0: for a dynamic Uh, Texturization of a touch surface.
2: I heard that. I read that.
0: Yeah. So, somebody thinks they know how to do this, or at least somebody's gone to the trouble of filing a patent about it. I mean, that's the real problem with patents is just because you've thought this might be possible doesn't mean you actually are going to build one. You're just squatting a patent to see if somebody else tries to build one.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: But that's the ultimate, right? Is to have one device, one thing that uh, that can change its textures to represent different kinds of uh, touch surfaces.
2: Well, it's for me, it's interesting because I think uh, I've been thinking a lot about this. You know, I hate to say post PC era because I don't think that's at least for yeah. me as an IT guy, that's not a reality. You know, and as it relates to the uh, the new surface. Uh, I don't know what to call it because, you know, I'm still stuck in the old Surface ideas. (laughs) Surface tablet. Um, And, uh, you know, what I want. The reality is that uh, I find myself right now with a small laptop being a a great device for my main uh, computing, right? I still do majority of it on a 14-inch laptop that I carry everywhere. Right. I also have, you know, a 4-inch screen phone that I use... A lot as well, but not nearly as much as I would a a PC. And then in the middle, I have a seven inch tablet. Mm. And to me, seven is the perfect size. I find the iPad too big to use on a regular basis.
0: Wasn't it Jobs that was totally against the seven inch
1: screen? Yes. Well, now he's dead. (laughs) See? You see? What? Don't go against the seven inch screen. Apparently.
0: You die. Well, I mean, now, have you got a fire or have you got one of the Nexus 7s?
2: I have a fire. I just ordered a Nexus 7.
0: There you go. Yeah. Well, and at 200
1: bucks a shot, they're basically candy, right?
2: They yeah. are for 200 It's just crazy. I they mean, come
1: with dipping sauce. <laughs> they should. They should. Yeah. You're, you're talking about surface uh, a little bit ago, the, the old surface. Just a little story yeah. here. I got to interject. Um, the Mystic Aquarium is, you know, I sort of grew up there in Mystic. Mm-hmm. And they have the Pixel Sense devices, well they're the old Microsoft Surface. They actually have the first model. And it's cool. They have movies and stuff about the Titanic. It's in the Robert Ballard's Titanic exhibit. And and it was very cool watching people use it and overhearing and I said this on the last show with Mary Joe, overhearing them say it's kind of like a big iPad. <laughs> 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 But the real story is that um, they break because they're you know a surface, and people you know drop stuff on them or crack the screen or whatever. And when they break, 16 grand so and and it happened twice at the aquarium. Wow. and
0: this is one of the old surfaces, right? yeah, the, the the coffee table style, yep, as opposed to the the thin one.
1: So the new one probably won't break as much because I'm not sure if it has glass on the top or not. Well, the old one, I think that literally there's like a half inch of plexiglass on top of the thing. How do you break that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it broke twice. And, and I know this because my stepdaughter works there as a volunteer. And she said uh, they, you know, when they called for support or whatever, it's sixteen grand. Well, that's just a new one. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: It's not really servicing. It's just you get to buy a new one. Exactly. <laughs> Lucky you. Lucky you. This is how they get rid of all those old ones.
1: <laughs> so anyway, you've had some interesting blog posts recently, Sean, about uh, Windows Phone 8, Windows 8, Windows Phone 7, and Windows Phone 7. Point whatever. What's uh, what's sticking in your craw these days?
2: Well, uh, you know, I go back and forth. I when the Windows Phone 8 was announced and the whole if you have a 900 like I had just purchased, mm. you're you're stuck. Um, I was very angry. And so I I tweeted for about an hour and then said, I'm going to stop tweeting. I'm going to give myself 48 hours to think about this because I just felt like I was being purely reactionary, Yeah, which uh, is, I think is all I do. But I decided (laughs) in this one case to take a step back. And um, I I, I understand why Microsoft has done this. Uh, You know, it's, it's, there's kind of two sides of the of the coin of this. Old phones can only go to this new 7.8, which will have a very limited number of new features. Probably only the screen, the new uh, screen navigation, and then this whole new platform, uh, Windows 8, that will be much better and based on Windows 8, you know, RT, uh, at least subsystem-wise, uh, at least the OS level, I should say. You um, know, and, and one side, you know, you can take all of the early adopters. Di- the fanboys of windows phone and say, well, too bad. Right. Yeah. But in my defense in some way, they have this tiny market share and the idea that of the, you know, 2% of market share they have, and maybe, you know, I'm guessing at numbers, you know, half a percent of the market share, actually those fanboys, not the people that actually bought them and just use them as phones are the ones that actually care. They can, you know, it's a, it's time to sort of uh, uh, step up and try to get, you know, do the right thing, even though you're going to annoy a very small percentage because they're going after that magical minimum of 5% of the market yeah. and and carrying us along may, you know, uh, I, I think hurt that. Can we just
0: take a step back for a sec? Do
2: you think there's actually sure.
0: a technological reason why a Lumia 900 couldn't run WinFone 8?
2: I think there's a labor reason, not a technical reason. I think the the, the new phones are based on uh, 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 different chip manufacturers, if my memory serves me correct. And so I think it was just a matter of porting the Windows 8 architecture and testing them on all the on the old phones. Because I thought they were both the same ARM chip. I, that wasn't my understanding. I thought one was Qualcomm and one was NVIDIA, but I don't remember off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, note. I mean, because the, the basic... The basic processor is the same. The only thing I could think was different was the GPU.
2: Hmm. Which is, isn't insignificant.
0: Yeah, but it still seems like a, such a minor thing. And, and, I, and I'm saying bringing all the phones forward. I'm saying, like, if you just brought the 900 forward.
2: Right. I, I'm with you. I really am, since I own a 900. Um, Although, yeah,
0: yeah. But And I don't. I have an 800. I'm willing to let the 800 go and, and, and be there. Although, admittedly, it's not going to have some of the key features like nfc
1: but other than that though richard i mean do you think that the and this is my question to you maybe sean it's just us developers who want the you know who want the forward compatibility or whatever because we want to develop apps but as a phone the 900 is a great phone yeah and if somebody has one today and they got it for 49 bucks that's a good deal i'm I'm totally with you on all of that. I just
0: why take the bad press hit? Mm. If it was a set of testing, it was six guys in a room for three months. Mm.
2: Well, I think they're up for a you know a handful of bad press no matter what happens. I mean the developer event was supposed to be a developer event except they didn't show any code or give anybody SDKs right, right? Um, And so that's been pushed out. I'm hoping by the end of the month, but who knows uh which means that the uh phones probably are going to hit they say by the end of the year which means January right the reality right. is they're missing the hollywood uh, the holiday season which is huge um you know they've always said okay uh, uh, September October so we can hit holiday they're missing it this time so i i think i think time time is certainly a factor and then Nokia coming out and saying well we do have a backup plan if in case the a billion dollars a quarter isn't enough to prop us up. Um, so, <clears throat> I want to believe, but I'm having a hard time with
1: it. This portion of the Tablet Show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So, our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, And content management. And we're talking free, free, not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET Ajax, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems. All of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash stuff Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge
2: products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting The Tablet Show. Let's talk about the good things in, in winning that I think are significant and people, I don't think people are talking about. And that is, uh, for me, the biggest win for them is this native code. And now native code isn't about letting me as a developer of a enterprise or of a, of a fart app write unmanaged code. It's mm-hmm. all for me. It's all about direct X. And the reason direct X is important is so that the people that have already built the angry birds. Using those technologies and shared code are going to be able to port them a lot easier. They're going to bring all their partnerships from the Xbox over to the phone, which they couldn't because none of them did XNA. Right. XNA was always hobbyists, um, and so I, I think that's a big win to actually make it more of an X phone than a you know than a Windows phone.
0: Well, is, without a doubt, the specs for Win Eight win phone 8 are better specs that's a better design this is what Sanofsky said he'd do all along this is actually a, a lightened version of the win 8 kernel like that's all goodness yeah you know the, the advantages will will be ma- manifold as time goes on yeah but yeah just I'm still wrestling with why they took this hit but I'll I'll let it go let's talk about the development story f- from this perspective what's going to happen to all the apps
2: you built in win phone 7. They have publicly said on Twitter, so I'm going to, I'm throwing Cliff Simpkins under the bus a little. <laughs> um, but he's, he said it on Twitter, so I'm, I'm allowed to say it, uh, that it's going to be, it's the same development model. It's not the WinRT development model. And that's the important difference here is that it's going to be the same development model that the existing, uh, XAML developers are used to. That's not going to sure. change. They're just expanding it to allow other things.
0: So Silverlight lives on.
2: XAML lives on. XAML, stop it. XAML lives on. (laughs) That's the mantra. That's my mantra these days.
0: Silverlight lives on.
2: Silverlight was just a brand.
0: (laughs) Keep working that.
2: You know, and I think the biggest story around that is there is no WinJS. Right. The the chakra engine isn't running in the new phone. Right. Right. At least not as an app platform, as a, i.e., Ten will be there, but right—that's not the same thing. Which is interesting because I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm spending a lot of the time in the JavaScript space for mobile development. Whether that's mobile website stuff, whether that's phone gap, um, you know, the a lot of the stuff going on out there is still JavaScript, but running on the different platforms really? as JavaScript. Yeah, um, there are certainly tons of people doing na- native code and. Doing two versions of all their apps or hopefully soon three versions of all their apps. Uh, but for a lot of apps that, that, that you're not trying to get that, f- that close to the bare metal, uh, things like PhoneGap really allow you to, to do it in a pretty seamless way. Uh, PhoneGap mm-hmm. for those who aren't familiar allows you to write JavaScript, um, HTML5 CSS based apps, but they have a wrapper and a JavaScript API to get at phone stuff. But it's phone stuff that's uh, that's common. So making phone calls, address book, media libraries, things like that, local storage. Um, And they have those for each platform separately, but you program against them, you know, sort of succinctly. Uh, So that for apps that are sort of low-hanging fruit, I'm of the opinion right now, it's sort of silly to write three versions. Right. Why would you do that? You know, you're going to still tweak CSS and maybe some HTML, but... Most of the code, you know, uh, just works, and so that I'm am investing a lot of time in uh, in that right now, and really making sure that that's that's the good, right story. And I'm working with some clients on that. And um, yeah, uh, you, you know, I I it's not as good as native apps, but it you know I think for a lot of a lot of places it's it's good enough.
0: Have you actually been using WinJS? Have you been experimenting on the Windows Eight side?
2: I have, um, but not enough. Honestly, uh, I'm uh, uh, a lot of the time has been tech reviewing Chris Sells' new uh, uh, WinJS book. That's what oh, most, yeah. uh, mo- most of the time I've been uh, spending with WinJS. I still have sort of a fundamental problem with it in that it feels like it was designed by the WinForms AJAX team. <laughs> it just oh. feels like an old API. Yeah. Not like a modern web API. Um, that's that's my biggest sort of complaint about it. Uh, the the what they've been able to do with, you know, the HTML five stack is very interesting. But a lot of the skills are more about using their WinJS controls, which are going to be different and new skills for JavaScript guys anyway. Right. That that I, I have a hard time seeing the story of a lot of, uh, you know, web developers going there if they have to do Win uh, Win a They'll obviously go to JavaScript because they're more comfortable there than the XAML side, mm-hmm. but there's still a whole lot to learn. It's not... The
0: techniques are very different.
2: Right. Yeah. Whereas if you look at something like PhoneGap, the techniques are uh, the same. You're using, you know, Backbone or Knockout for, or, for MVC sort of development. You're writing your UIs purely with, with, you know, divs and spans and sections. You're writing your CSS in traditional ways.
0: But you know, the other argument is do everything in C sharp. Use mono touch, mono for Android, uh the thing we the, the I'm not gonna say the S word again because you all yelled at me for it <laughs> in Win Phone seven and in phone eight and XAML and C sharp in in Windows eight. Like that seems to be now the most common skill set with what they've done because phone eight doesn't
2: have Win.js. Right. Right. And I I think that's certainly a viable path. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the whole write it all in C-sharp. Um, I'm still a little suspect how much you can share. I haven't done a lot of mono. I've looked at it very briefly, so I'm not the best judge of, of saying it here. Other people, But in the other conversations it we've
0: had around that, but there's this clear division between what is logic and what is UI. And right. When you use the mono stack, you're using the native UI, so you've got to build UIs every time. And it, near as I can tell, and maybe you can clarify this, the flavors of XAML between Phone 8, Phone 7, and Windows 8 are different.
2: They are, but not dramatically. Uh, when the Win 8 uh, XAML includes some uh, additional controls that Win Phone 7 doesn't have and vice versa, but 80% of it's the same.
1: Well, and also, you know, the things that are different are obviously, they need to be different. Right because of the form factor because of the feature set but i i think they've done a good job of of keeping the baseline xaml uh stuff the same
0: but bottom line is you're not going to simply write it once and run it on all those platforms it's going to be
1: tweaked for each of the platforms nor should you expect it i think
2: yeah you don't find that in the objective c space either you can which is a difference but no one wants to right the the ipad app is a different experience, and so people are having to write it twice anyway. It'll scale up to an iPad, but who wants pixels that large?
1: Well, yeah, (laughs) we all have run iPhone apps on an iPad and know how yucky that is. That's not good. No, it's not good at all.
0: I guess the question is, is the XAML that'll be in Phone 8 going to be more like Windows 8 or more like Phone 7? Because we don't know.
2: Mm. I can't talk about it.
0: Okay, that's fair. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. (laughs) No, if I told you, they'd kill him.
2: Yeah. Good for us, bad for him.
1: You sure you don't want to ruin your career right here on the Tablet Show, Sean?
2: You know, there are plenty of places where I'd like to ruin my my, uh, career, but not (laughs) not on your show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure how to take that. I think we've been dissed, but not really. Not really. So, my... my, my only concern about Win8 right now isn't as a developer, but a user, and and that is that no one's come out with a, a seven-inch Win8 tablet
0: yet, yet, yeah. Well, the only ARM tablet I've seen was made by Microsoft, right? And it looks good.
2: Well, we saw some at Build, but they were literally under glass. They yeah. literally could not take them out from under glass, which I was like, uh "That's that's telling." That's mm-hmm. a bad
0: sign, yeah. It does yeah. seem like they're struggling to make it work on ARM.
2: Well, the only thing that, that gave me some faith about their ARM story is that the ARM is the first version of the Surface tablet that will be released when Windows RTMs. Right. Which, uh, which, which I think is good. I'm not sure that I would use a, a Surface Pro or whatever they're calling it um, in place of a laptop. I don't think it's, I don't think it's that device for me. Yeah. Uh, but I have higher, you know, requirements. I just, I had just purchased a uh, Samsung series nine to try to go all light and, and all of that. And after four days, I sent it back because it was too light and just not beefy enough. Yeah. For what hmm. I
0: so I've got the Asus uh, UX 31, which is the same class of machine. It's an ultra book and I yep. love it. It's great for me. And the, the pro is supposed to be in the same league. Plus, I was also the only idiot that bought the LE 1700, the old pen tablet from motion computing.
2: I remember. Oh,
0: you got a lot of miles out of that. You did. I got a lot of miles out of that and a lot of people laughing at me, too. Because it was just so odd. So I've already owned a machine like the Surface Pro. It's just, you know, this clearly is a better looking unit. I still think, have you looked at the EE Transformer that Asus makes? I've got a few of them, actually. It's an Android device. Mm -hmm. But you know what it really gets me? I love the idea of the computer and the screen, the screen is, and it's a slate. Yeah. And then you snap it into a keyboard when you need the keyboard. And the keyboard's just a honking big battery. Yep. Right. That, to me, is goodness. 16 hours of battery life? Give me more of that. <laughs> I'll take some more of that.
2: My problem is storage. And that is that, you know, I have uh, I have a 256 and 640 drive that I work on every day on my laptop. Right. And going, I'm willing to give up a bunch of that, go with the cloud with a bunch of it. But it came down to the 128, you know, SSD that I got with the Series 9. Only... Um, 60 of it was usable after the OS because they had their own recovery partitions and OEM partitions and like really 60 of 60 gigs. I'm going from three quarters of a terabyte to 60 gigs. Yeah, right. I just, I just,
0: it's too big of a move. I think 256 is the minimum size. I agree. Very hard to, you have to really shepherd a machine when you get below that.
2: Yeah. I just, I run too many IDEs. I run too you know. Yep. Uh, it unlike a lot of people my laptop isn't an extension my laptop is my world right right i don't have a desktop that i also use it is the machine i use for everything so admittedly i'm not the uh perfect candidate for the uh, ultrabook book anyway uh, and i'm kind of a, of the opinion right now to wait for touch uh, uh laptops but that's surface no i'm i'm thinking a better uh, a beefier machine than surface i like the idea of surface and i don't mean one that i can use as a tablet i mean laptops with touch screens
0: right so you want a lenovo w uh w 520 with, with a touch yep
1: yeah i do hmm. i do you want a connect built into it
2: i've i've always said that you know the connect laptop is 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 uh, the next wave actually there's a new technology that uh was just shown off maybe four weeks ago. That was doing this 3D space in front of laptops in place of mice. That was looked interesting, but I really couldn't see exactly how you would use it instead of a mouse. But it, it, it the, its field of view was very was just over the keyboard. It was nothing more than that. Hmm. Um, but it was able to get you know a thousand points around your uh, around your hand. So it wasn't just a skeletal uh, ten points or twelve points, whatever the Kinect was doing much finer grained uh, uh, detection than that
0: but you know that's a really brilliant idea if you think about the shape of a laptop that right angle it's defining two sides of a box yeah and what if the rest of that that space now is this 3d touchable manipulable space at very yeah. fine resolution
2: yeah that's cool and then you could j- you know you could you know think of the uh, you know the Gaming and porn possibilities. Okay, maybe we should it <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to that.
1: Yeah, always back to the porn. The the driver of innovation.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Until we got the HD, no one wants no one wants HD porn. There's your haptic feedback right there.
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <Ta-dun. laughs> uh, so, are you keeping your your
0: Lumia 900? I am. Will you get a Win 8 when it comes out, or Phone 8?
2: I don't know. Uh, this is what happened when I decided, because I had that 30-day window. I could have gotten rid of my 900 and yep. decided to go someplace else. And um, as I was perusing the uh, uh, Samsung phones, I'm going, boy, that looks really good. 4.7-inch screen might be good. I, I w- was really kind of on the fence whether that was too big or not. And then I, I remembered back to about four weeks ago when I had to help my girlfriend with her Android phone. And I almost threw it across the room. And then I remembered how much I hate, no, I hate the OS. It just, it bothers me all the time. Right. Ping, pop, you know. Oh, look at the bar on the top. There's only 34 icons. It's like they decided (laughs) to take the (laughs) sys tray in Windows and put it on a phone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lordy. Yes.
0: That's Android for you. Everything you hated about Windows, wrapped into a phone.
2: Yeah, I've always said it reminds me more of Windows Mobile than any of the other OSs. Because you can one app can take the phone down. You need a task killer. It bothers you all the time with pop ups. It's it's Windows Mobile all over again.
0: Right. Yeah. They they are making the same mistakes. Yeah. Exactly the same mistakes. The drawer of broken dreams.
2: Ah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I. I really like the phone. I actually just purchased this little thing that I'll I'll send you guys a link to because I can't remember what it's called. A fly grip. It's a little thing that goes on the back of the of a phone uh, that gives you a kickstand and actually a little um, a little holder so you can hold it with two fingers. So uh. You can really one one hand hold it, uh, much like on my Fire. I have a, a, a case where your hand goes in the back and you can hold it without having to hold it with your thumb. Um, So your thumb becomes completely mobile instead of having to hold the phone with it. Um, I really like it. And what's weird is they actually color matched with the blue Lumia. Wow. Because Lumia is nowhere on the site. But when I saw the blue, I went, it's the right color. And it really is. It's exactly the right, you know, cyan or whatever they want to call it. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm mostly happy with it as a phone. Much better than the HTC I had before. Um I think my biggest complaint with Windows Phone right now, and they have to fix this, is lack of apps. And I know they're trying, and I know they're pushing, but they... It's 100,000 apps. But not the right apps.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
2: When they announced that that uh, inst- uh, Insta not Instagram, what were the two apps? Uh, one was uh, Draw Something, and I can't remember the other uh, app they mentioned. But they mentioned two apps at the announcement, that they would be out by the end of the year. And my, my idea was, well, that's great. We're now going to get draw something well after everyone has left it, right? (laughs) By the time it gets the phone, no one's going to be using it anymore. (laughs) And that's the problem. It isn't that they're going to get the apps that we know of today is that they're going to, going to get enough mind share that the, the new important apps are going to be out soon for it. And that's, that's a big reason why people don't leave Android or iPhone is, you know, or especially iPhone, I think is that that is always the platform of choice for the new hot app. You know, it took um, Instagram, what, a year to get to Android? And it'll never get to, you know, I'm not a big fan of Instagram as an app anyway, but the point is more the choice of apps. And it's it, to me, it's never been about the number. It's been about the, you know, the the important early apps. It matters when that app ships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, arguably, draw something is already too old. Right? Because they, uh, they got acquired and lost 60% of their user base because it's fun for a month. And then you realize how bad your friends are at drawing and you give up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the app my daughter
0: convinced, who also has a phone seven, was uh, Wordament? Wordament? Great,
2: great app. Love the game. Yeah. yeah, it's massively multiplayer boggle.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, everybody's playing the same grid at the same time.
2: Yeah, and each game is like two and a half minutes. You can drop in, play for three or four minutes, and then, and then you know, go about your day. Yeah, uh, and it's an Xbox Live title, so you, uh, you know, you're actually uh, can play against your friends. You can get uh, uh, Xbox Live points, which I live for. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They and there are um, achievements, badges. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really good game. But yeah, I mean, there's a few hits there. The I just installed and haven't had to take out a spin yet. For spin yet is zombies run.
1: Oh, this is the one that tells you you're being followed by zombies and tells you where to run, like right. physically while where you, you are while you're jogging to motivate oh, you yeah, to yeah. run faster yeah, yeah. and farther. I-
0: And and I remember hearing about this game coming, and I just didn't think it was going to show up for Phone Seven,
1: and it has on the you know really early in the cycle. Nice. I'm still waiting for a good uh, NPR listening thing. Um, The the one that I'm using currently is pretty good, but well, they I just hate to complain on this show, but you know sometimes you have to. It's TuneIn Radio. It's the best one I've used so far, and most of the time lately. You go, you pick a station, you start listening to it, and you get the ad for the station, that streams immediately, and then it just (laughs) sits there. So it's just not as robust as the stuff that's on the iPhone, like uh, Stitcher, for example. Like We're we're in Stitcher, but Stitcher doesn't have a Windows Phone 7 app. I wish they did. Hello, Stitcher. Please, please. Maybe Sean will write it for you.
2: (laughs) So here's here's an interesting question about that. Are you... Listening to NPR canned uh, things like a uh, uh, through and you know an RSS uh,
1: now that's, feed, that's easy. or you're
2: listening to them live.
1: I want to listen live. Yeah, I like both.
2: Why don't you just turn on the radio?
1: Yeah, you've got a well, radio on I your. Got a radio on what? On your phone. The Lumia 900 has a radio.
2: Every Windows Phone has a radio. Where is it? If uh, if it hadn't just dropped on the floor, I'd show you. <laughs> so there's AT and T radio. No, it's. A, I'll have to. I'll have to go look. Maybe the nine hundred doesn't have it. it but I don't The original specs app. were that every phone would have a FM radio. No, nope, I don't see it. I'll blog about it. I know my eight
0: hundred has it, but I've never used it.
2: Right. That's uh, no. Most people don't use it. There's a. There's an API for it to tune it. Even. I mean. Wow. Yeah.
0: I can't imagine they would take it out of the nine hundred.
2: Me either. Me either. I'm It'll, sure. Well, it's there. I just show me where it is, and I'll I'll run it. I'll but, blog about it this afternoon. All I right. Promise. Cool. Too funny. Because uh, yeah, that's. <laughs>
1: hey, if
2: that's that
1: if that turns out to be the case, then I'm a monkey's uncle. I'd love it, but I but there is no. Oh yeah, there it is. I'm looking at
0: the specs on the Lumia 900, and it says FM radio. Where is it?
2: Do I need an app for it? You don't. I just don't remember how to get to it because I never, ever use it. Hmm. I don't even listen to the radio in my car. Huh. Uh, yeah, I only use satellite radio everywhere because... Oh, wait. No, nope,
1: it's in the Zoom thing. So if you go to music and video, oh, there is a link for radio, but there's no... Okay, so it says, this phone used your headphones as an FM radio antenna. So you got to have uh, phones, but okay. All right. Well, thanks. Well, there you go. You learned something today. I am a monkey's uncle.
2: You are a monkey's <laughs> uncle. Thanks. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> That's very funny. So you both have Lumnias and you you uh, you like the Nokia product, the the hardware?
0: I oh, love it. Yeah, yeah, it's the feel of the thing.
2: Yeah, I agree. You no, know,
0: when I have my 800 in my hand, it's so sturdy. I feel like I could
1: kill a small animal with it. I have killed small animals with it. You have the 900. It's easy.
2: Yeah, it is. It is much easier with the 900.
1: And it skips across water.
2: I was surprised how tall it was, (laughs) though, Uh, because I had a 4.3 inch uh, HTC before screens the same size, but it's it's, you know, half an inch taller than the HTC. Um, I felt it felt a little weird just how big it was. But I will tell you the best thing for me about the 900 over the other phones I've used Is they moved the search button just far enough in from the edge that I can't press it accidentally. (laughs) Which is huge. It's night and day. It never happens anymore. Happened hourly before. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, I I think we've run our time here today. Now we're just sort of BSing. So I like. Now we're just gabbing. Now we're just gabbing. Uh, That happens. Thanks, Sean. Some people like that. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Sean. It's always fun to talk to you.
2: Absolutely. It has been a blast. And uh, we have proven that you can Skype over a tethered uh, Nokia 900. That's so cool. Wow.
1: You could actually use the Skype app if you wanted to. I wasn't
2: going to go that far.
1: If you wanted to sound bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, man. Awesome. You guys have a good day. You too. Take care.
1: And we'll see you next time on The Tablet Show.